Welcome everyone to the Apex Sunday podcast where John and I discuss Formula One and other motorsports from time to time, as well as features. And if you like this video, please subscribe, like, comment, and share. And John, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. No COVID. I'm all right. <laughs> right. That's very good. And uh, before we start talking about the Sao Paulo Grand Prix rather than the Brazilian Grand Prix, it's been relabeled and wonder if that's something that Liberty is doing, but you know, it's not very important. I, we talked earlier a little bit offline about social media and the Max and Hamilton fans. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I've got a whiny dog over here. I'm sorry about that. Well, um, it kind of mirrors what, what's happening on social media, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> uh, it was just, it was interesting. I, I posted something on one of the, the sites that, I, that I'm on. Mm -hmm. And and I said something about um, uh, just this Max and Lewis thing, and it's the car, it's not the driver, um, right. and just got totally torn to shred because oh, because now it seems that most people are not fans of GP, or it seems a lot of people aren't fans of GP, but they're more fans of uh, driver and a personality, sort of a Britney Spears kind of thing. Yeah, well, I could say you know you've heard of Valentino Rossi, of course. Right, of course. MotoGP, and he just retired. This is his last season. And yeah, there are some people saying, well, I'm done with MotoGP now. Rossi's not there. I don't understand that. I'm a fan. We talked about this last time of the sport of both Formula One and MotoGP. I do like certain drivers and riders for sure. But, you know, they come and go. Teams come and go. It, the sport lasts unless it collapses, right? And we've got Marquez now, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. And and it's been the same thing in Formula One. Look at all the dominance in my lifetime. In my lifetime, there have been a right. ton of very dominant racers: right. Schumacher, Senna, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And 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 I guess do we lose fans because they're no longer a fan of of a driver who's retired? Possibly. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe social media. The people who complain the most have the loudest voices as well, right? So, Absolutely. you know, there's probably a lot of drivers in, that will, or sorry, fans that'll still watch the sport. So, all right, let's move on to sprint qualifying. Sprint qualifying, I notice one thing that I'm gonna point out is they went to Ted Kravitz a lot but we didn't hear anything. And this is sort of what we've seen with the F1 TV channel coverage. But, you know, it was kind of nice to, to not hear Ted failing to complete sentences and failing to stay focused. So that was kind of nice. Yes. <laughs> um, and on, uh, that, on that note, mm -hmm. there was a lot, I noticed a lot in the, in the race coverage that he was just repeating what other people said. Oh, was he? Yeah. Right. Okay. And then we had... Uh, the interesting thing that Stroll has never been out of Q1 in Brazil, so maybe this is a circuit that he just doesn't like. You know, that was interesting. Bottas failed to qualify Max. I thought that was important, but the results of the sprint race, it wasn't that important. And Brazilians seem to really love Lewis. Is that because he's always talked about Senna or, or what? What do you think? he's the king of a fan base, isn't he? Everywhere, everywhere he, he goes, everywhere he goes, he stands in front of everybody. He goes and makes sure after the race, he 
climbs the fence and waves to everybody and mm-hmm. um and carried the Brazilian frat flag. I mean, if you carry the Brazilian flag, think about yeah. it. Yeah. You know? And if we go back to these two guys and you know, all the fanfare and in MotoGP, they have stands dedicated to each rider if the rider's popular enough. And so the riders always go up to their stands and, you know, communicate with their, their fans and so forth. So Lewis has that kind of touch to him, doesn't he? Compared big, to most big others. Time. Big time. Yeah. Big time. And he's an easy guy to, to, to put into that category of love, hate, and nowhere in between. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And, and are we seeing the back to the social media? We're seeing that on social media where, you know, they've got all kinds of nasty kindergarten names for him. <laughs> right. And so, we saw Lewis get up to, was it sixth or fifth in the sprint? Yeah. And Ferrari, as a result, is saying, well, no debate now, reverse grids. And I'm thinking, no, because <laughs> it was the circuit mostly. And there's also the existence of DRS. That's a huge factor, I think, in this circuit. So I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of reverse grids just for the, for the show. And I think it also, before you say something, doesn't really say to me that Ferrari is very fateful in the new rules will actually make the racing better by making that kind of statement. But at the same time, they're just probably not thinking their statement through because taking one example and saying that's the end of the debate is not remotely scientific at all. So, you know, it just seemed like a nonsense statement to me. I think it'd be interesting to try. Why not? I mean, we've got we've got the the sprint. I love the sprint race, by the way. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen, um, we'll rate it later. But I'm looking at it and thinking, we had one brilliant one. We had one that was just a complete flop in my mind, and then we yeah. had another brilliant one. Right. Um, it it has great capability. I think that uh, back the reverse grid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched a masterclass by Lewis. Yes, the, the the patience that he had. I went back and watched the race through his camera, right? Oh, yeah, just to see board. how he did it. His onboard, yeah. And and it takes a lot of patience and a lot of thought, and that only comes with experience. And oh my God, did he ever do a brilliant job? You right. know, when when he needed to when he needed to do it, he did it. He needed to recalculate his his driving style so he could find places to pass i mean wow like that right. was just brilliant and that comes back down to the penalty well uh, let's yeah let's i guess we're just moving on to the sprint right, race sorry. itself yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than the qualifying it's very confusing that's fine yeah let's talk about the penalty then uh what was it for? It was for the rear wing, correct? The right. little infringement there. Right. And Two millimeters. Yeah, and I don't really care about that it was off and that he got the penalty. I think it happens. I thought it was a little bit strange that they couldn't, Mercedes couldn't inspect their own wing and say something and so forth. But it did cause a lot of controversy right off the bat, which I thought was a little bit odd because... You know, these infringements don't happen all the time, but they do happen from time to time. And, you know, to me, it was not a big deal other than it shoved Lewis to the back of the sprint race. I don't think the penalty was untoward. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem with that penalty. 
Um, I think it's too bad. Yes. Because it is ridiculous. He he would have had no gain whatsoever mm -hmm. uh, at all, if anything other than maybe even an inconsistency in in how the car handled. Right. But because it was only on one side, uh, yep. 0.2 millimeter, that's the thickness of a business card. Yeah. <laughs> there would be there would be no gain. And that's uh, why maybe they should have been able to inspect it. Because I've seen videos where small parts are damaged and they're allowed to fix them you know, with the FIA's approval. So that was odd to me that they couldn't inspect it. But, you know, I, I will need some more time. I mean, we delayed talking to this race because we wanted to see the result of a, um, Mercedes appeal for the race itself and the incident. So we'll get on to that. But, you know, Lewis, it was entertaining. The sprint race is entertaining seeing Lewis go through the field for sure. Very much so. Very much mm -hmm. so. And uh, Latifi held over Russell for change, which we've seen some improvements from him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I noticed the wreaths at the end of the sprint race where they sort of put them on and <laughs> took them off very quickly. Yes. Just, I don't know. I, why are they bothering to do that? It's, you know, oh, tradition. But I don't know. They put them on and take a picture and then throw them out. <laughs> they're, they're really clear. They're really clear that this is not a race. The sprint yeah. is not a race. And mm -hmm. and therefore it shouldn't even have a podium. Um, I, you know what? It is. It's two, it's two races. It, it is a race. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that uh, they could change that wreath thing, and when they come back to Canada, if they have a sprint race there, where uh, they could take a cue from the trailer park boys, and instead of a wreath, have the uh, the mistletoe belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, that was kind of amusing. <laughs> But uh, Valtteri won the sprint race. Uh, mm -hmm. He did very, very well. So it was interesting. So should we move on to the race itself? Absolutely. All right. So about the race itself, we'll talk about the turn four incident when it comes to that. But I will note, it, note that Lando had an incident with science at the very beginning. and no complaints, no, oh my God, that guy did this or that, or, you know, all that kind of thing. So that was nice. I mean, Lando took responsibility. He just made a slight misjudgment that happens and yes. went on to, went on to finish. Well, I mean, the safety car helped, obviously. Yeah. Yuki was a bit sloppy this race, obviously running into stroll. Bottas made a really good BSC stop. So he got ahead of Perez and, you know, I guess, the tail of the race is basically turn four and, you know, Lewis coming through the field from 10th or 11th, was it? So to eventually pass Max, um, what was your, do you have anything to say before we talk about the incident? Uh, brilliant racing once again by Lewis, you know, just mm -hmm. spectacular. You know, once again, showing great wisdom, showing great patience, Absolutely. showing great aggression when he needed to show aggression. Bottas, what a great race on his part. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he had a great start, took it out front and drove a very mature race. He wasn't going for fastest lap, was just staying out right. there, which was amazing. And he had to let Lewis by, which is totally understandable. So Totally understandable. You know. But my, my take on the incident, and I've seen the Driver 61 video and Jolien Palmer's video, 
they think Max deserved a penalty. And this comes back to Austria, but there's a massive difference. Like we both thought the Austrian penalties were absolutely ridiculous. If you're on the outside, you're going to be pushed off. But when they were pushed off in Austria, the inside driver stayed on the track or at least two tires on the track. Max was way, way out. Yeah. So to me, he, he was never going he basically never made the corner and he went wide and these people say gained advantage. I didn't really bother analyzing that part, but eventually Lewis got by him a few laps later. And going back to what you just said, to me, this proves, or that it solidified that Lewis is a far better racer than Max is currently. His race craft is way better. Max is very, very fast, but his racing head to head has never been great. And this is just another example of it. And I think back to Baku with Ricardo, you know, Red Bull love Max to death. So it was both their faults, but that was Max's fault in my mind. And this is just another example of his inability to race well with, uh, with his competitors. If you, if I was on the racetrack, I'd be confident that Lewis wouldn't do something to put me off. Most of the time, I mean, incidents always happen to a degree that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you're on the edge, right? But Max, I would not trust whatsoever. And Red Bull is doing nothing to help him become a better racer. No, I, I agree with you fully. And, and one of my race mentors said, mm-hmm. you know, there's always at least one weapon on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's two, but there's always one weapon on the track. And you need to give that person room. Um, yeah. if, if you look at Verstappen's history, and how he started, he was pure weapon. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't want to go into a corner with Matt. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in specifically looking at this corner four incident, yes. it's, my, it's my take that it's blatantly obvious that he pushed him off the track mm-hmm. on purpose, doing anything that he can do to win. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're playing with lives here at great rates of speed. Mm-hmm. The rules state you have to give the other driver room. They don't say anything about contact. They say I have to give the other driver room. Yeah. Was it Lewis's corner going in? I think he had enough that it was enough gain that he it would have been his corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Max knew that. And so he pushed him off. Uh, yeah. Is that is that penalty situation? Look, I'm not a huge Max fan. I'm not a huge Lewis fan. But if I was if I was the steward of that race, a steward of that race, I would definitely be tossing a penalty yeah. mapped his way this is that was just wrong it was one of it's sort of an example like go back to austria there shouldn't have been penalties and this one there should have been so yeah yeah they're they're making a mess the current f1 regime that does all this kind of stuff it's been a mess this whole year basically so they changed they it on they changed up a number of years ago where they threw in um a new dry an old driver mm-hmm in the room so they could say you know what yeah that was racing yes this is a good thing but at the same time i think we need to take it a step back from that and say here are the rules we need consistency we need the same group of people that are going to apply the rules at every race because it wasn't just that with max 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 did a little bit of weaving oh yeah as well and Mm -hmm. and that is even more dangerous than what he did to Lewis in corner four. And he got the black and white flag and you said whatever or something uh, to that. Bla- 
Oh, and he said, say hi, right? Right, right. Tell him I say hi. It's like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, no. and it reminded me of Schumacher, basically, Michael. Uh, we both watched that documentary. And uh, that incident with Coulthard uh, at Spa, and David talks about how Michael just couldn't conceive that he had a part in that incident. And it wasn't just all David. And this is the model that Max is following and Red Bull is encouraging as far as I'm concerned. But at least at least Schumacher and Senna, to a certain degree, did it with some aplomb. And they did it uh, and coming out saying, what? No, 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 I wasn't doing that. Right. And we're, you know, at least they did it with a little bit of intelligence. Max is just a weapon. Right. And, and, and how he's managing to pull this off without getting penalties has me just baffled. Well, I've also seen Leclerc made a statement today that they're wa- they're watching. Well, basically, because the appeal was denied from Mercedes, Leclerc has said that okay, that's the new rule. So now I know how to adjust the way I drive and race. So I have right. no confidence that that's going to be the case because I think the next time that someone else drives someone off the course, there may be a penalty. I <laughs> hope is there just- is. Is it just because Max and Lewis are in the championship? Is that the political pressure to do this? Oh man, I don't know. Like it's just beyond me how how a driver can do what Max did and two blatant, blatant, uh, uh, horrible incidents and get mm-hmm. away with it scot free. Yeah. It's, it's, and again, like you say, Leclerc. It's not just Leclerc. It's Yuki. It, all the rest of the drivers, the young drivers will look at it and go, oh, we can do that then. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, this is what costs life. Mm-hmm. So with all that said, how would you rate the race? It, rating the race is probably an eight for me. I really enjoyed it. It was great watching uh, Lewis. It was great watching Max. It was uh, Perez. There were a whole bunch of great drives in that in that mm-hmm. rate, I think. Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven, so very close to yours. Uh, penalty, that, that incident soured a lot of it for me, but still, seven's pretty good. What about driver of the race for you? Oh, it's Lewis. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's, that's obvious. Given. Again, back to his, his race craft and the way he saw that, what Max was going to do after he'd done it, and then he set him up perfectly for the pass that he made afterwards, so... Now, if we were to wipe him out, because it's sort of a no-brainer that mm-hmm. it was Lewis's race, mm-hmm. um, is there anybody else that that sort of stuck out in your mind? Not really. What about you? Well, they're, again, ghastly. Yeah, that's true. Uh, again, finished ghastly. seventh. Yeah, and, and drove a great race. Uh, the Alpines got up there, too. The only other thing that we didn't talk about was the power of the undercut. Uh, which makes it even more impressive, Lewis doing what he did, I think. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to news then. So for news, we have Antonio Giovinazzi losing his seat to Juan Yu Zhou. He'll partner him at Alfa Romeo. And again, he is a race winner in F2. He's second in the championship. But back to social media, the loudest voices are like, oh, he's a pay driver, all this kind of stuff. And sure, he does bring some sponsorship. And obviously, the Chinese market. And this goes back to 
the social media of Max followers, Lewis followers. Now there's going to be Guan Yu followers. And mm -hmm. is that the case? Like, there are some Canadian, there are Canadians in F1 currently, but through much of when I've been watching it, there hasn't been other than Jacques and uh, mm -hmm. uh, during his time. So is that just a thing that you need? I guess the Americans want an American driver for that to increase the viewership. I guess that works. I mean, I've just never thought that way. So I, that's always a bit unusual reason for me. It's like, well, Chinese driver, the Chinese market will, will, will take off. And I think in the news, China is now rated above the States as the richest country in the world. So obviously there's a lot of money to be made by marketing to China. You know what? It, it's a different world. Uh, it's a different world. It, mm -hmm. If you look at pay drive, quote, pay drivers, yeah. the, all the first drivers were pay drivers. They were, yes. all, they were all billionaire or princes or royalty, right? I guess that it would have been millionaire. You know, first GP in, in 1906. Right. It, was not, it was nothing but the uber wealthy. Yes. We scroll forward to, to the dawn of our current Formula One or just before it, uh, it altered to talent. And yes, there were some paid drivers and the pendulum was swung back. If we, yes. if we, if we look at the 1960s, there were people like uh, Peter Rebson as an example of, the Re of Revlon fame, mm -hmm. who McLaren stuck in a car. Right. And he was a capable driver, but yep. he was just a capable driver. He wasn't gonna win a championship. Mm -hmm. uh, but he brought just a ton of money. As and, did uh, Nicky Lauda at, well, at certain points in his F1 career as well, right? right. And, and Lauda was a great driver. But then again, there were people like Bruce McLaren and Graham Hill and Jim Clark. Um, mm -hmm. I could go on. There were a whole whack of them that came from incredibly humble beginnings yeah. that did very well. Now mm -hmm. it looks like we're going the, back the other route. Yes. That said, back then, it didn't cost millions of dollars to get you just to be a candidate for formula one and yes. now if you even want to be a candidate how much does it cost to campaign formula two formula three we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars yep. a year uh yes the, the rich rich man's sport it is and it as it pretty much always has been but now more than ever i think because again we've got uh the tifi stroll and mazapin billionaire fathers right norris Norris. Norris is yeah. busy. Oh yeah, yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, so I for me, we'll see how Guan Yu does. Uh, give him a chance. He, I think he's earned enough to be. He's got a super license. He's won some races in F two. Consistency does come too late to some than others. So we'll see how it goes. What do you What do you think overall? I would have liked I lot. Uh, yep, that's in, true. Inst instead of Zoo, but you know what. Six to half dozen, and he's bringing yeah. money. I think you've got to have that these days. Mm -hmm. So, Yahoo, I can't wait for another new face. Mm -hmm. Right. And I have nothing else in news. What about you? No. No. Okay. No. So, next up, we have a new circuit, uh, the LaSalle International Circuit, a motorcycle circuit, basically. So, it's got one long straight and then a lot of long, very fast corners. So, it's going to be a very physical race. And I have a feeling that passing is going to be very difficult, but we'll see. Well, maybe at the end of the straight, right? Yes. You know, with, with DRS. Now, what, what's um, um, 
the, the twisty bits. I guess if they're twisty bits, it's going to, if they're super high speed, it's going to favor Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're high speed, it's going to favor Mercedes. Yeah, it's, it's well, yeah, I think those two will do very well. And I, you know, we'll see how it goes. I noticed that the start time is at five o'clock mm-hmm. local time there. And in MotoGP, it's at eight. So it's a twilight race for F1. But I think it's a good decision because the riders in MotoGP have said, we move it to seven because, yes, it's in the desert, but at night, it gets very, very cold in the circuit. Mm-hmm. It got so dangerous that the circuit got so cold that almost all of them were falling off their bikes. So the five o'clock start time for F1 should avoid any massive temperature changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll see. But that could be a factor. We'll have to see how it goes. I also have to add, I also have to add that that this is a renaissance year. This is uh, having been a fan for over 50 years of Formula One. Mm -hmm. We've got a championship going on through the whole year. And when was the last time we had that? Yeah. And when, and when will we have it next? Hard so, to say. Right. So It is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. It's, well, for the most part, me too. I just hope that the next few races are clean and that, you know, things are, the, the title is determined not in the way that we saw with uh, Senna, Prost, and Schumacher yes, and Villeneuve, yes. you know, I'd rather not see that again. So, or with penalties, yeah, or with ridiculous penalties, appropriate penalties, you got to pay the price, but ridiculous right. ones, not so. All right, John. So let's we'll talk to you about the next race, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rob. And remember to, sh- if you like this video, to share, comment, like, and uh, subscribe talk to you soon and subscribe. Bye bye.